Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. You know, it's been a pretty eventful couple of weeks in fantasy baseball. Welcome, everybody, to the show, Fantasy Baseball Today. Adam Azer with Chris Towers. We're going to talk about the biggest news, the lamest news, the Domingo Armand news, Homer Bailey to the Twins, Evan Encarnacion, and Dallas Keuchel. To the White Sox, stuff like that. Uh, what's going on, Chris Towers? Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year. You got any, got any resolutions? Yes. Yes. Let's hear them. I want to exercise more, always. Okay. And I, I've i said all of these things on the football podcast, so I apologize to those who listen to both. I already, oh. I already went for a run in 2020. Did it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are you dying? It's like you're in because you're this is weird. Yeah. You're South Florida mm-hmm. and I'm in the Northeast, yeah. technically Connecticut. Right. This, yeah. this is a bizarre situation. Well, I'm looking at you sitting in my seat. The weather was really nice. Yeah, it's true. The weather was really nice. So I was doing just fine. Um, my other resolution is to stop cursing so much. Mm. Yeah. That's going to be That's hard. Right, yeah, it is. I've that, that's been one of mine for a while, and I always fail. But this year, I I'm gonna cut at least thirty percent of my profanities oh, out. You've got a a sponge right. living with you. You kind of have an incentive to. Like I've got cats, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really matter. I can I I talk like a sailor at home. Well, I imagine as a fellow cat owner, if you didn't have cats, you wouldn't curse as much. But they are infuriating, curse inducing animals. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> if you if you had a kid and a cat and your stupid cat that you love with all your heart wanted attention <laughs> while you were like feeding your child or yeah. bathing or changing her, you would be I yell, I mean, I don't yell at the cat. I yell internally. I want to yell at the cat, but I resent but you know they're so annoying, Chris, when you don't want them to be around. Like they're so it's annoying. The cats. The cats. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, email of the day is from Rosendo at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Should we draft an Astros player after the first two rounds? Obviously, Bregman, Altuve, and Brantley are going to be out. I don't know about Brantley in the first two rounds. Uh, but with all these signs stealing from the Astros and the big advantage with that, are their players still good? Yes. I think, I mean, what we saw with, I think it was 2017 was the big, uh, the big leap that the offense made. They went from one of the worst strikeout teams in baseball to, I think, the lowest strikeout rate. It was a dramatic shift. But one of the weirdest things about that was they made almost the exact same gains on the road as they did at home. And now, obviously, we don't know what they were doing specifically. I mean, we know they were banging on trash cans and strumming on streetlights. But other than that, <laughs> 
we don't actually know like how widespread it was. Was it just at home? That would make more sense. They have you know access to their own facilities. But you know when we saw those improvements on the road, it does make me wonder how much of it is something that we can point to and say, okay, this is for sure why George Springer's good. Like George Springer was good as a prospect. You know, I, I think you know Jose Altuve has always been a guy who never made, uh, never struck out. So I think you're probably overthinking it. I, it. It's a lot like the juiced ball um, where you take it into account in your preseason rankings, but we just don't know. And it's really hard to make declarative statements on something where we just, we're, we're dealing with a, a lack of information and that's mm-hmm. tough because it, it is possible that the Astros come out this year and, you know, they're, they're not getting this advantage and their guys just don't hit as well. Uh, but we don't know that for sure, and I think you can you can dig yourself in a hole if you try to fade Alex Bregman. You try to trade George Springer, or try to fade George Springer. I'll say, like Altuve in 2019, most recent season, was was a lot better at home than he was on the road. But in 2017, he had an 834 OPS at home and a 1081 OPS on the road. Unbelievable. Much better on the road. In 2018... And 2017, by the way, is the year the Astros probably they should be stripped of their World Series championship for their rampant cheating. 2018, he had an 898 OPS on the road and 776 at home. So he's actually someone like if if 2019 had never happened, where he was so much better at home, I might actually be a little bit worried about how Jose Altuve. I think it's look. I think they're obviously cheating. They're huge cheaters. They should be stripped of their World Series championship for the. I'm going to say that about a hundred more times before the end of the year. Um. It's I, I don't think it's nothing, but I'm per, I'm I'm going to treat it like nothing because I don't know that it's something, if that makes sense. Yeah, like Alex Bregman has had massive home road splits. He has a 10 12 uh, or no, sorry. Actually, I was looking at the wrong category. Let's just move on. He's <laughs> been better away from home, <laughs> away from home. Yeah, Such which cheater. is interesting because he seems like exactly the kind of guy who would be better in their home park, but that's not because of the sign stealing. It's because of that short porch in left field. He doesn't have a ton of power, but it plays up because of that. Oh, uh, but he's actually been better on the road. So I, I nobody just knows anything. I just realized what I said. So Jose Altuve was actually better on the road and not at home. Okay. So just, I don't know why I got confused. seems like you did too. I probably confused you. So my <laughs> bad. So Jose Altuve, while they were rampant cheaters was better at, on the road than at home. So forget it. Yeah, that's forget what it. you said. Yeah, I know, but I said it and then I made a point that made no sense because in my mind, he was better. In my mind, he was better where they were cheating, but in reality, he was better where they weren't cheating. Although they were probably cheating on the road too because they're huge cheaters. Anyway, um, what's, of all the things we've seen over the last two weeks, now this was after Rendon and Bumgarner and, uh, and Garrett Cole, what, uh, what's the biggest fantasy impact of these last two weeks? Uh, it's, it's not, there's not a ton to, uh, to point to, I guess, Edwin Encarnacion to the White Sox. Oh, come on, Chris, there's so much. Look, okay, here's what we're dealing with. We got Keiko and Encarnacion to the White Sox. Mm-hmm. We got Ryu to the Blue Jays. We got Homer Bailey and Rich Hill to the Twins. We got my vote for the biggest fantasy impact is Shogo Akiyama to the Reds. Um... We got Batances to the Mets. We got Travis Shaw to the Blue Jays. Lewis Robert today signing a big deal. Domingo Orman suspended uh, for 63 games in 2020. 
we got a lot of stuff here. So what's your what's your vote? Encarnacion? Okay, Luis Robert. Ro- Robert. Robert. Luis Robert. I, I think that's probably the biggest one just because this basically guarantees he signed a five year or six year fifty five million dollar deal with a couple of options. This basically guarantees he'll be there on opening day. I'm sure they'll say in the next couple of days, uh, well, we're you know, we want to make sure that he he'll be up when he's ready. And they'll they'll do that whole dance, but he'll be there on opening day. And so I think that probably um you know, makes him someone that'll be, you know, worth drafting for sure within the top. I would guess he'll go within the top 100 picks. Do you think he'll go ahead of Eloy Jimenez? I think it's possible, but there is a, I think there's going to be a lot of hype around Eloy Jimenez uh, in his second year because, you know, he did have such a huge September. Okay. Yeah. Scott's only got his top 24 published. I dig somewhere for the rest of his rankings, but um, I'll pull up some ADP. <clears throat> uh, all right, my yeah. So my vote for the most impactful fantasy thing of the last two weeks is Shogo Akiyama. He is the new, probably leadoff hitter and center fielder for the Cincinnati Reds. He can play all three outfield positions. He's thirty-one, and he signed a three-year deal worth a little more than fifteen million dollars with the Reds. So here's a bit of a, a write-up on him that I read from CBSports.com. He is a five-time All-Star who has twice won the Golden Glove Award in center field. In Japan, Golden Gloves are given for all-around excellence, excellence, not just defense. Veteran Japanese baseball reporter Jim Allen says Akiyama uh, can hit for average in power and adds, quote, now he's just better than average on the bases, and he is in, quote, a steady decline defensively. So it's kind of interesting. He's gives you some power. He gives you some speed. He's kind of been a star and he was just, he's been in, um, in the Japanese leagues long enough where they didn't have to post him or anything. He was just a straight up free agent. But you know, one thing this does is it, it makes you wonder where Nick Senzel is going to go because second base, Mike Moustakas is there. Uh, they got third base covered. Could he play shortstop? But Nick Senzel is currently only outfield eligible. So I don't know. There are a lot of moving parts here, but you also have a leadoff hitter who can steal some bases for the Reds. Yeah, and, you know, there's no guarantee that Freddie Galvis will uh, remain the starter. You know, I know he had a good year last year, but that's relatively speaking. And after getting to the Reds last year, he had a 696 OPS. You know, great defensive player, but not necessarily someone. I I would guess Nick Senzel's in the opening day lineup uh, somewhere. Uh, As for Akiyama, Yes. Is that that's how you pronounce it? Okay. The profile actually looks a lot like Shin Su Chu uh, over the last couple of years. You know, Shin Su Chu has been someone who uh, Heath Cummings has really liked a lot. And he, I would guess, over the last four years has pretty consistently outperformed his ADP, hitting, you know, 20 to 20, 21 to 24 homers every year, uh, scoring a bunch of runs because he gets on base. Uh, hit 24 homers, 15 steals, 265 average, 93 runs last year. I would expect less power than that from Akiyama, who hit 20 in 143 games last year uh, against, obviously, inferior competition. But, you know, a similar-ish profile, not someone that I would get terribly excited about, but, um, you know, probably could be in the mix, um, you know, as a fifth outfielder. I I guess part of the problem with that profile, uh, someone who walks a lot but doesn't have huge power, doesn't steal a ton of bases, is an issue we've seen with Chu 
where his game might be better suited for a head-to-head format where you usually have fewer outfield spots to fill. Yeah, like a points league format, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot about OBP here. I mean, he's around 400 OBP every year. Do they play 143 games in Japan? Because th- he's played 143 games in in five straight seasons, exactly 143 games. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, all right, my how about the least, the lamest fantasy impact of the last two weeks? You want me to go first? Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. really know how to answer that yeah, question. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's your homework. Uh, Dellen Batansis to me. Like, here's a guy who for the last five years, excluding 2019, has clearly been one of the best relievers in baseball. In those five years, we're talking a 2.22 ERA, talking 14.6 strikeouts per nine, a 102 whip, which is really good, slightly higher than like the truly elite RPs, but really good. And um, his ERA his last three seasons has been closer to three, but his K rate has been over 15. And he goes to the Mets, and they have Edwin Diaz. Now, I, he might be better than Edwin Diaz. It might be great, but I would have liked to, him for Delmatansis to go to a place where he's really going to get to compete for the closers role. I imagine he, I imagine it's it's Diaz's job to lose, basically. I would guess so. And we also have to take into account the fact that Delmatansis is coming back from a. A torn but not a ruptured Achilles. Now, a ruptured Achilles is uh, not necessarily a death sentence, but it's arguably the toughest injury to come back from uh, that's not like a shoulder injury. And so we'll have to see what he looks like. You know, you said the whip is a little higher. I think that's mostly just been true um, since his run prevention numbers have been a little higher than, you know, we want to see. Like, he's got a 289 ERA over the last three seasons, 2016 to 2018. He only uh face two batters in 2019 right um so he's not quite in that elite tier now the strikeouts are that's the biggest thing that he gives you when he's healthy is you're gonna get you know a hundred plus strikeouts from a reliever which has a lot of value in a roto league although you know without the saves with a a high two zra rather than a, a a high one zra it's um you know maybe more just a late round guy that you've swap in your lineup when you don't like the matchups your starters have or something but you gotta obviously you gotta figure if diaz struggles again batances could be next in line sure sure it gives them uh another option hopefully the 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 new york mets stink doesn't uh doesn't ruin him like it does everybody else (laughs) i mean let's like edwin diaz was the best closer in baseball he goes there he has a 559 era uh Oh, Juris Familia was uh-huh. unbelievable. And then, I mean, he was unbelievable with the Mets, but then he comes back and he's a disaster. They had another guy, I can't remember his name, but there was another guy who was really bad after signing with the Mets. The Mets just ruined everything. The Mets had a, they had a bad offseason. They have Seth Lugo, they have Batances. If they get Diaz going again, they actually, they, they're a sneaky playoff team because if, if their bullpen hadn't been so bad last year, they definitely could have competed for a wild card. I, th- I think their bullpen's actually going to be really good. There's a ton of talent be. there. Yeah. With, with Diaz and and uh, Batances especially. Yeah, Lugo was so good. All right, so I'm not even going to let Chris respond with his lamest uh, of the last two weeks because he doesn't have one, so I'm going to let him off the hook. Let's just go through the rest of the news and notes. So Domingo Roman is, is suspended 81 total games, 63 of them this year. And, yeah, I mean, we're I, this is uh, probably a little longer than I expected, I guess, but not, I don't not know. surprising. Not surprising. So... Uh, we don't have to draft Domingo or Mon. I, he's probably going to be out about the same amount of time as Rich Hill, I yeah. would think. 
So, yeah, I mean, they, they both obviously pitched really well last year. Who would you take, Domingo Armand or Rich Hill? And we're going to leave morality out of this and just talk baseball. Yeah, the thing that um, I think you have to keep in mind is you don't get to use an IR spot. I mean, maybe your league will allow you, but when a guy's suspended, they don't go on the IR. So, or the IL. IL. So, Gosh. Get uh, with look, the sport, Chris. Man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's obviously Rich Hill uh, with that in mind. And I think just Rich Hill's a better pitcher. Like, we, we saw uh, a pretty incredible couple of months from Domingo Armand, but that was basically it for him in his career. You know, he wasn't a huge prospect. He was a decent prospect. Uh, great stuff. He was someone that, that the aces metric that we talked about a lot last off season identified as a potential breakout candidate worked out really well, but I'm not sure like rich Hill's going to pitch like an ace when he pitches, you know, we, we know that pretty much at this point. Okay. Rich Hill's on the twins, by the way. And so is Homer Bailey. So Homer Bailey's, you know, he's worth discussing for sure. He turned it on, Late last year, and uh, he finished the season with Oakland. With Oakland, he had a 4.30 ERA, but in his last eight starts specifically, he had a 2.25 ERA. The first five starts with Oakland, three of them were fine. Three of them were quality starts. Then he he just had these two terrible, terrible starts where he gave up 16 earned runs in two in, in six and two thirds. But last eight starts, 2.25 ERA, seven walks to 48 strikeouts in 48 innings, 13% swinging strikes. Did he throw his splitter more? Yeah. Kind of, but he threw his splitter a lot all year. I went back and I looked at the game log of every game where he threw his splitter 30% or more, and usually the results are pretty good. So he threw his splitter a lot, but I think he ramped it up even more late in the season. I just, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was one of the worst pitchers in baseball for big, big basically two and a half straight years, I think. Uh, before this late season surge. So I don't know. How do you feel about him? Not someone that you need to invest anything more than a late round pick in him. But like you said, that splitter there, there are reasons to be optimistic based on, on the splitter. Now it could be a situation like a Kevin Gosman or Matt Shoemaker, where you have one really, really good pitch in this case for both of them. It's the splitter or for all three of them, I guess. And, um, yeah, so it might be a situation where you'd like to see Homer Bailey throw that splitter more, but maybe it loses his effectiveness the more he throws it. I, I'm not sure. Let's talk about Edwin Encarnacion. Going to the White Sox. Busy, busy offseason. For the, are the White Sox going to make the playoffs? Chris Towers. That's a pretty terrible division, so maybe. Yeah, maybe. They should be. They could be really good. Uh, you know, I feel like if I say Edwin Encarnacion to a baseball fan, they know he hits 30 home runs, but they probably don't think much else. Well, like, Edwin Encarnacion hit 34 home runs in 109 games. Yeah. He, I know his batting average is going to stink. He's probably going to hit about 250 if we're lucky, you know. He hit 244 this year. His batting average has declined four straight seasons, but eight straight seasons with 32 or more home runs and just hit a ton this year. So like, 34 in 109 games, that's sick. So, uh, yeah, like, let me let me put it this way. 2017, he was the number five first baseman in points, number eight in Roto. 2018, he was number nine in points, number six in Roto. In 2019, um, he would have been, if, if we'd just given him 140 games, 140, not 150, not 160, 140, 
Edwin Encarnacion would have been the number nine first baseman in points leagues. He would have scored more points than Anthony Rizzo, Yuli Gurriel, and Jose Abreu. Even with that crappy average, even with the plate discipline being bad. So, you know, what do you think about a guy who's going to be 37 years old in a few days? The skill set's definitely declining. And, you know, we saw that in 2018, most specifically, when, you know, the, the power wasn't quite where we have gotten to gotten used to it. And then it bounced back last season. But everybody's power bounced back last season. So, you know, I think. But his his was like extra bounce back. Sure, sure. But I mean, he hit 38 home runs in 2017 and, and 42 in 2016. So, you know, yes, he hit 34 and 109. There's there's no there's not necessarily any guarantee that he would have kept that pace up. You know, uh, I guess his pace with the Yankees was a little slower, right? Yeah, he he yeah, he got hurt and he was so bad in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, look, you're not going to have to invest much in him. He is. Is he first first base eligible? He is. Yes, he, he played enough there. So that helps because there's going to be uh, this year a, a couple of DH only guys. So him being first base eligible certainly helps his uh, his appeal. But look, you're going to have to spend maybe a 15th round, 13th round pick on this guy. He's there's not going to be much risk, uh, even at his age. You know, I'm looking at. It's hard to find early ADP right now, but um, you know it looks like Fantrax has him at 182 overall. I'll take that every time. Around who? Like, who are the other uh, guys? Some other hitters in his range, Scott Kingery, Chris Davis, uh, Adam Eaton. Chris Davis? With a K. Are you serious? That's where he's going. Yeah, I, then I, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of Chris Davis. So I'm a, the most consistent hitter in baseball for three or four straight years. Who obviously had a down year and was playing through injuries, and he's going in the 180s. Come on now. That's crazy. One caveat is I cannot access NFBC ADP right now, which is probably the best uh <laughs> Same with option. me. Why not? What's going on with us? Oh, I think I just found it. I got it. Okay. I think. Nope. Nope. What's going on, Chris? Why can't we get this? I think that is an issue with the uh, with the Wi-Fi on CBS. Really? <laughs> yeah, can't uh, you can't get there? <laughs> okay, uh, Jose Abreu or Edwin Encarnacion? Yeah, I think in a vacuum, maybe Jose Abreu, but there's going to be a significant gulf in their cost. I'm looking at. I was able to get to the NFBC ADP. Woo! Abreu currently has an ADP of 77th overall, which feels way too rich uh, for his profile, especially you know when there, he's not a guarantee to hit for average either. So, you know, Edwin Encarnacion does come off the board right now, about 100 picks later. I'll gladly take that value. All righty. So let's uh, see what else we got here. We got Dallas Keuchel to the White Sox, three years, fifty-five million dollars, fifty-five point five million dollars. Overall, no, look, I, I think anybody who listened knows how I felt about Dallas Keuchel. Thought he was going to be terrible with the Braves. He really wasn't. But a 3.75 ERA with a 1.37 whip and well under a strikeout printing is not very good. But I would say he was really a lot better than that. His his first two starts were bad, you know, like six innings or six earned runs and ten and two thirds. It's not surprising. He missed so much time. His final 17 starts, he had a 3.62 ERA, but he had 12 quality starts in 17 starts. He had one. Just awful, awful start. 
He gave up eight runs in three and two thirds at Miami. You take that start out, and now we're talking a 3.02 ERA, but still a 1.26 WHIP, which you know it's never going to be a good WHIP. Um, but he, you know, for the most part, if you started Dallas Keuchel, he pretty much did well for you, which surprised me. I really didn't think he was going to be that good. Uh, and then you got Hyunjin Ryu also going to the Blue Jays. We can talk about that. But you know, what do you think of like Dallas Keuchel? Or we got a we got an email about Armand Marquez. Would you rather have Armand Marquez or Dallas Keuchel? I would rather have Armand Marquez for sure. All right, who? Let's. So where's Dallas Keuchel going in this ADP? Uh, two hundred and seventy sixth overall right now in NFBC ADP, just ahead of Garrett Richards, Forrest Whitley, and Yanni Chirinos, and and that feels like an interesting mix because there's upside with uh someone like Forrest Whitley. If he gets into the Astros rotation, although there's no guarantee of that, we've been saying that for two years now with Forrest Whitley. Um, but he's he's the safe guy that you can get, and he'll he'll you know hopefully make 32 starts and not hurt you. But there's not a ton of upside there. He's he's not someone who's going to help you a ton. No, that's why I don't really want. It. He has to pitch yeah. so well, especially in a in a rotisserie league or categories, because you know, he's a whip killer and he's a strikeout killer. And yeah. he just has to pitch so, so well in order to really be good for fantasy. If, if, if Dallas Keuchel is just average, he's not even worth owning. Um, Hyunjin Ryu has been, for the past two seasons, one of the best pitchers in baseball. He stayed healthy. He's going to the Toronto Blue Jays. He'll be 33 years old in March. He had a 2.32 ERA. He had a 101 whip for the second straight season. Uh, but the strikeouts did go down to you know an 8 per 9 rate after it was 9.7 last year. It's not great with strikeouts other than 2018. Uh, where's Hyunjin Ryu going in, in ADP? Hyunjin Ryu is going... you got to give me a heads up on these things. It's 101st. <laughs> Control F. <laughs> right behind Sonny Gray, Mike Soroka, and just ahead of Carlos Carrasco and Madison Bumgarner. Ooh, that's a really good... That's a really group. interesting group. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so... There's a lot of potential for some serious, serious uh, profit. All right, so give us, give it to us again. Give us those five, then we're going to rank them. Sonny Gray, Mike Soroka, Hyunjin Ryu, Carlos Carrasco, and Madison Bumgarner. Carrasco is one with a bullet. For me. Yes, I think so. I think I don't quite understand. Like, I understand why he's going so late. But this was a guy who this time last year, you know, we were talking about him as a, a potential top 12 pitcher. I don't understand why he's going so late. I think it's very obvious why he didn't pitch well last year. Yeah. Yeah. He's number one there with a bullet. Number two, I'm, I don't think it's going to be Soroka. I think it's, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go Carrasco, Ryu, uh, Gray, Soroka, Bumgarner. I might swap Gray and Soroka. That's one that, you know, now that, you know, we're we're in the new year. I'm going to really start going deep into my fantasy ba- baseball uh, research, and and Soroka is someone who I'm really looking forward to looking into deeply. Um, because my my initial <laughs> reaction is just to write him off, right? But you know, I I probably in his prime wrote Dallas Keuchel off too much. Oh, you and, sure did, absolutely, you jerk. And I ended up being right. You no, know, his, you did not. He had three just, years with a sub three ERA. He won a Cy Young. No, history has absolved me. <laughs> Please, um, you know, editors get to write the history books. Ah, okay. Uh, editors get to publish the history. You books. You are a real Samuel Tarley. Um, and uh, 
So I, I think there there might be something that profile that that can lead him to be underrated. So that's that's where I him versus Sonny Gray, Mike Soroka is it is a really interesting uh, group. Okay, and then, and then Garner I think clearly last. Although I, I'm I'm less ready to write him off than I was this time a year ago. What's more, what's the most interesting of these three? The Indians signing second baseman Cesar Hernandez to a one year six point two five million dollar deal. Uh, Jason Kipnis is a free agent. The Blue Jays signing Travis Shaw. They lost Justin Smoke. They signed Travis Shaw to a $4 million one-year deal. The Miami Marlins signing Corey Dickerson to a two-year deal worth $17.5 million. And then I think, did Justin Smoke go to the Brewers? I believe he yes. did. Yes. So it was like a Smoke for Shaw swap. So out of uh, Smoke and Cesar Hernandez and Corey Dickerson and Travis Shaw, what's the most interesting thing there? I think it's Justin Smoke, and I think it's not particularly close. Uh, he had. You love Justin Smoke. What's that? You love Justin Smoke. Well, he's someone who um, I don't think we'll ever we're ever going to see that two, 2017 Justin Smoke, where he hit 270, 38 homers, 98, 90 RBI. But he had only a 223 Babbitt last season. And even if you think Justin Smoke is the kind of player who will have low Babbitts uh, consistently, that's too low. I, I think there's a ton of sleeper potential for Justin Smoke, especially playing in Miller Park, which, you know, famously is a great place to hit, especially for left-handed hitters. He's he's a switch hitter. He'll face lefties more often than he faces righties, and so I think like he he's got an ADP of four hundred and eighty. Wow, <laughs> uh, he's been you know he's gone undrafted in a lot of leagues. He's someone who, with the last few picks, you know. Either that corner infield spot, if I if I didn't fill it in, or uh, you know, as a bench player, Justin Smoke makes a lot of sense as someone who I want cheap on draft day. Let's read some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Well, first, how's your holiday, your New Year, been, Chris Towers? Good. I I had a great New Year's Eve. I stayed home. Did you go to time. You didn't go to Times Square. You big tourist. Not. I was actually really disappointed. So I live in in East Williamsburg. Uh, but my living room, I look out my living room window and I can see the World Trade Center. It's a beautiful view. Striking. I go cool. up on my roof. I can see pretty much all of Manhattan, all the way from uh, from World Trade Center down in the south to, uh, to Empire State Building in Midtown and, and all the way up. I see the whole thing. So I go up on my roof right at midnight. I'm up there. It's cold. I've got some beers. Zero fireworks. Literally did not see a single firework from my rooftop. I don't know how that happened. I live in the largest city in the country. Not a single firework. Mm, that is interesting. Even I saw fireworks. In fact, my brother-in-law lit fireworks at the party I was at. Could have come to our place. Outside? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, I just want to make sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was fun. Um, did you, nobody's seen this movie, but did you see Uncut Gems? I have not seen Uncut Gems yet. I just really want to talk about it with someone. I, I, I saw The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but not on cut gems. Okay. Well, you're not a Star Wars guy. No, I mean, I I want to be a Star Wars guy, but I keep hearing that all the new movies kind of suck. The Last Jedi is amazing. Okay. From Michael, dear Carrasco, Price, Venters, and Donaldson. Those are the comeback players of the year for 2018 and 19. Uh, I think it would be nice to have a brief segment about teams that tend to improve certain types of players, or if there's a trend for something like this in looking for breakout candidates like the Astros and starting pitchers and Tampa Bay with hitters? That's a really tough question because 
one, we're not privy to a lot of what goes into these kind of situations. So like, I think with the Astros, it is pretty clear that they tend to get the best of everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Adam Azer, you know, would say that it's Strip them of the title. <laughs> yeah, complete, completely flawed. And they but like this is a really I, I think it's more like what are the really smart organizations? What are the organizations that are going to maximize uh, what the guys have? And so I think you look at a team like the Yankees have has actually have a, had a really good track record with this. They seem to have really smart people in their off in their front office. And so when they identify like a Luke Voigt, that should be something that makes you take notice. The Tampa Bay Rays, as mentioned in the email with, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, the guy they got from the Indians last year. Yandy. Yandy Diaz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one where when they traded for Yandy Diaz, it was like, well, this guy hits the ball really hard, but hits the ball on the ground too much. The Rays are a smart organization who might be able to get the most out of him. Um, so that's what I look for. Yeah. Uh, right. The Cardinals have always had a pretty good reputation. Yeah. Uh, um, Astros, look, I still I still think the Astros are a very smart organization. I don't think it's all been their cheating, especially with the <laughs> pitching. I mean, they obviously... Well, but Trevor Bauer thinks they're cheating. Uh, all right, anyway, uh, here's a keeper question also from Michael. Same email. I need two for a points league, 12 teams. Bellinger in the 11th. Flaherty in the 13th. Pete Alonso in the 18th. Barrios in the 23rd. Oof, uh, Bellinger for sure, mm-hmm. and Flaherty in the thirteenth, Alonzo in the eighteenth, Brios in the twenty-third. Probably Flaherty. From Cal, I'm in a keeper league. I won uh, my first. I won first place this past season. I can only keep three players aside from Christian Yelich, who I am obviously keeping. So pick three: Rendon, Altuve, <laughs> Tatis, Flaherty, Bieber, Castillo, and Severino. Uh, I think it depends on whether it's keep for 2020 or keep for ever, but Rendon is obviously one of the answers. I think Tatis and I think you probably want to keep one of the pitchers. I'm leaning Flaherty over Bieber. Yeah. Okay. Although let's not forget, like if Severino, if you could guarantee me Severino was healthy, it'd be really hard to overlook him too. Yeah. Correct. Uh, oh, Cast- Castillo as well, but they're all yeah. really good. I, I know why you won first place, but I think it has to be either Flaherty or Bieber, yeah. yeah. Uh, from Matt, what is Herman Marquez's outlook for 2020? Can he still be trusted as a near ace on the road? Um, Yeah, I mean, th- there was a point last year where he wasn't performing well on the road either, right? I'm looking it up now. I, I believe so, but I think overall he was performing you know, his, I think I the answer to this question, in my opinion, is yes. Yeah. If not near ace, I'd say must start. Uh, let's just check the uh, 367 ERA on the road with 91 strikeouts and 102 third. That does not sound like a must start guy. But was it influenced? I think, I think by, that's a must start guy. I, it's not a near. Well, ace. It doesn't. You're right. It's not a near ace. Um. Uh, did come with a sub one whip and really good control. So I think that's someone that on the road, you're definitely starting him, but you you have to acknowledge that there's a cap ceiling and what's going to make it really difficult is you can't just say never start him at home, right? Like he's too talented. Yeah. And when are you going to start him at home? That's the thing that's really tough is it might be a situation where you just have to kind of start him and acknowledge that you're just going to you're going to get a worse ERA than you might want but you're going to get a lot of strikeouts. Hopefully he can make 32 starts and and throw close to 200 innings. 
uh, he struggled in his last three road starts. He okay. just, and then he got shut down, you know? So I don't know how much injury played into that. Uh, next email is from Hugh from St. Louis. I know I'm not saying that right, so let me know how to pronounce it next time you write us an email, my friend. Head-to-head points league. We keep five guys each year. We can keep them for three years. This year, I need to trade Jose Altuve. I'm looking to trade away Altuve and Pete Alonso for Mike Trout and a third-round pick, which actually equals an eighth-round pick because we keep five guys. Altuve and Alonso for Trout and a third-round pick minus five rounds. Yeah. Mm. So right now, Pete Alonso has an ADP uh, in the early third round in a 12-team league, 28th overall in NFBC. So I think that's a late second in NFBC. Um, so you're basically giving up like a third rounder and a second rounder for Mike Trout and an eighth rounder. I think that's an obvious win. You take that. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a win, but I don't think it's a bad trade if you're the person getting Altuve and Alonzo. No, but in a situation where you can't even keep Altuve? Right, it's a great deal for you, yeah. And finally from Joe, trying to get Garrett Cole in my 16-team auction league. We have six keepers. We have a $260 cap with hella inflation. Scherzer was the top pitcher for $60 last draft. Right now I am keeping Verlander for 54 Severino for 17 Flaherty for 4 Chris Bryant for 31 and Correa for 22 and Joe Adele for 2 I have sent out this offer. Severino, Conforto, Woodruff, and Weaver. How much is that combined? 35, 40. For 45 combined dollars. Severino, Conforto, Woodruff, and Weaver for a $50 Garrett Cole. What do you think? Yeah, I think you go for it. I mean, you've got, with Severino taken out of the picture, you still have five very good keepers there. Um, So you're not keeping Conforto for 18. Woodruff for $8 is really interesting. He's going to be a very popular, uh, I don't know. Can we call him a breakout candidate? Because he kind of broke out last year. Um, I guess, no. Nah. I mean. But $8 is a good price for him. $2 for Luke Weaver feels like a good price. But ultimately, you need stars, and Garrett Cole's a star. And if you could get him for that, that I think that'd be a good trade, even without taking into account the salaries. That's Chris Towers, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. Chris Towers. Well, well, by the way, what are your New Year's resolutions? You know, it when you're perfect, there's not a lot <laughs> to improve on. Uh, so I'm going to just say keep, keep, keep on keeping on. Keep, yeah, yeah, and just keep being modest, and I think you'll be you'll be fine. Well, obviously, right? <laughs> Thanks a lot to Chris. Thanks you. Thank you all for listening. Hope you all had a great New Year. Scott White will be back next week. We'll talk baseball with him. For Chris, I'm Adam. See ya. Let's see. Let's say next Wednesday ish, sometime around then. Talk to you then. Bye. Greetings, Fantasy Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam, with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. Puka Nakua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. 
Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.